Thanks for listening to the Mile High Church Podcast. It's spring, which means our Good Friday service and Easter Sunday services are coming up. Please learn more online. And while you're there, if you're interested, please make a donation and click on give at milehighchurch.org. Thanks for listening. So good to see you this morning. We're in the middle of our spring renewal series. Uh, Michelle spoke last week. I get to speak today. And Dr. Roger will be back with us next week to wrap up for Palm Sunday. And uh, the theme is wisdom of the heart. Today's talk is the heart is what it wants. And there's an opportunity to go a little bit deeper in this series. If you go online to the watch page, you'll see that you can download um, some small group materials, but they're just as well uh, self-led materials or start a group of your own to dig deeper into that. There's an old Sufi story about a man who is pursuing a female's hand in marriage and he's writing her letters nonstop, sharing about how he is fully consumed in his love for her and fully devoted. And the woman's unsure of this guy, but she wants to give him a chance, and she invites him to meet her in the town square. And she shares with him, um, I am open to marriage, but first I need you to meet my sister. You see, she's a little bit prettier than I am, and I want you to meet her before you say yes to marrying me. And his eyes begin to get big, and he begins to, to turn around because she says she's coming this way, uh, and, and there's no woman there, and then all he feels is her hand slapping the back of his head. <laughs> All-consuming love, total devotion, you don't know what love is. What's the meaning of this story. Perhaps on the surface that a man is only as loyal as his options. <laughs> Just kidding, kind of. But like all Sufi stories, there's a deeper spiritual meaning. And for me, the meaning of this story is about contentment. What does it mean to be fully contented with the love that is in your life, in your being, and in this moment, right here and right now. It's an unfortunate thing, but I think it's true for a lot of us that we've gotten so used to the search for love that we equate that search of love for love with love itself. That we confuse the longing for love with love itself. And have yet to fully step into the art of living, which is to cultivate nurture, and accept whole in and as you a perfect love right here and right now. That knowledge that whether you're coupled or single or a unicorn, that we are surrounded by love intelligence. That in reality, it's the truest thing that's ever been and ever will be. No matter how far you travel, you cannot step outside of it. It is so the root of your being that you can never separate yourself from it. Real love. And yet for many of us, we may find that we're not experiencing this love all the time in our lives. And I'm here to state today that your love life is your responsibility. 
that it's your responsibility and that it can start right here and right now as we grow in love together. Another great Sufi teacher, Hazrat Inyat Khan, said, to an angelic soul, love means glorification. To a jinn or genie soul, love means admiration. To a human soul, love means affection. To an animal soul, love means passion. One need not fall in love. One must rise through love. Falling in love, not love, that's easy to do. That happily ever after part, that living in completeness in our heart, that takes work. And that's what I mean by the talk title today, the heart is what it wants. It's the recognition that the love you seek is already within you. But we have to share it. We have to commit to it. We have to allow it to tell the great love story of our lives. It's time to stop being empty vessels searching for love and to be bubbling brooks sharing it wherever we go. It's time to stop looking for someone or something to complete us and to start living completely, complete lives right here and right now. I don't think the right question is, how do I find love? But how do I overcome the objections to love within myself? The question is not, how do I find love? But how do I address the objections to love within myself? And the first point I want to make today is that the heart is not the lock. The heart is the key. The heart is not the lock. The heart is the key. And where we use it, we nurture and cultivate and grow love. It's the most basic truth in the world that that which we seek is truly already within us. This is expressed through perhaps the great American myth, the Wizard of Oz, written in 1900 by Frank Baum, this wonderful book gives us keys to the heart and how to live. The first thing that informs Baum's amazing work that causes most of us to be Dorothyites in life, whether we're aware of it or not, is the sense of childlike wonder. To approach love with, a, with childlike wonder, that's what makes the, the Wizard of Oz so wonderful is when we see it through the eyes of a child. Baum was certainly interested and influenced by Lewis Carroll's story of a long-haired blonde girl who chases a rabbit down a rabbit hole. But he was just as much influenced by children around him. And by his desk, whenever he wrote, um, he would remind himself with the following saying that was etched there from the New Testament. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. Bringing childlike wonder to our lives is a, is a key to opening the heart. Another interesting thing going on in, in Baum's time, in 1896, there was the Chicago's World Fair. It was also the first parliament of world religions. And so people in our country for the first time were learning what is Buddhism? What is Islam? 
what is Hinduism. And it really launched what we might call today kind of the New Age movement, this idea of the exotic nature of learning new spiritual secrets from different traditions and this idea that we teach here of the golden thread that bonds all faiths. And if you read The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, it's filled with all of this imagery and symbolism from different faiths and different understandings because Baum was very much influenced by this movement and this understanding. And it tells us that another key to heart is to always find new ways of discovering the sacred, of connecting with what love really is, of being open at the top to new ideas about life. And then most importantly, the story, the mythos of the Wizard of Oz gives us this central teaching that if you can live your life with courage, you will demonstrate that which you are seeking. If you can courageously bring your heart to your life, you will demonstrate the truth that what you're seeking is already yours. This is true of Dorothy, who can go home at any time. She just doesn't know it. It's true of the courageous scarecrow who demonstrates genius on his way to getting a brain. It's true of the lion who practices courage on his way to getting courage. And it's true of the tin woodman who seeks a heart. And one of my favorite scenes from the the book, the tin man, he steps and accidentally kills a bug. And he says, this will serve me a lesson to look where I step. For if I should kill another bug or beetle, I should surely cry and crying, rust my jaws so I can't speak. Thereafter, he walked very carefully with his eyes on the road, and when he saw a tiny ant toiling by, he would step over it so as not to harm him. The tin woodman knew very well he had no heart, and therefore he took great care never to be cruel or unkind to anything. You people with hearts, he said, have something to guide you and need never do wrong, but I have no heart, and so I must be careful." When Oz gives me a heart, of course, I needn't mind so much. And Baum even has the audacity, in a sense, to expel the idea that some power like Oz outside of yourself is going to bring you that which you seek. It must come from demonstrating it within yourself. And could it be that you're a little bit like the Tin Man? or a scarecrow, or a lion? What is that in your life which you are seeking most right now? And could it be that with a little bit of courage, a little bit of coming forward, you'll find that it's yours in spades? The question is not how do I find love, but how do I overcome the objections to it within myself? That's the next point is that we have to learn to allow our true love story to overtake our not love story. When your not love story is longer and bigger and gets more attention than your true love story, we shut ourselves out of the love that is really available for us. Now, like me, does anyone here have a not love story? I think we all have them. It's the story that deep down I'm unlovable and if anyone really knew the real me, they they wouldn't love me. It's the story about being rejected and being afraid 
to love. It's the story that there's something defective in me and I don't, I don't quite know how to love properly. It's the story that I'm not worthy of love. We all can carry these forward and we can all fall back into them when we become unconscious. But it's so important to know that you are not unlovable. That you are love-worthy. That you are not love-demented or love-disturbed. Love-repressed. But that you have the ability within you right here and right now to step out of the not-love story and into your true love story. And when we do that, it's not our job to tell it, but just to keep practicing that love so it continues to demonstrate itself. It's again to take seriously the understanding that your love life is your responsibility, that your experience of love is your responsibility. So let's get on it. How can we step more fully into our true love story? One pragmatic thing to do, every day, take just five minutes, five minutes, and think about love. Take five minutes and think about what love means to you. Think about who you love. Think about who loves you. Ponder those who you care about in your life that aren't with you anymore. And ponder the idea that they're, they're, they're so proud of you. That they're sending you love right where you are. That you can send love to them. Think intentionally, who am I called to love today? Think about how can I best love myself today? Five minutes every day. Just try it for a week. And find yourself back in that flow and that rhythm of love. We're all about spiritual practice this year at Mile High Church, so let's take 60 seconds. Let's take 60 seconds right now and, and think about love. I'll keep the time. What do you notice? What do you notice? I notice for me that it's, it's a little overwhelming. That I need more training as I think about love. As all, of all the people I love and all those who, who love me. I also notice how often I'm not living in awareness of that love. 
I also notice the, the barriers that I have built, the layers of not love that isn't letting that love in or letting it out. I notice how incredibly blessed I am. The question is not, how do I find love? But how do I overcome the objections to love within myself? We didn't build our not love stories out of ignorance. Most of us built them as, as children to protect ourselves. We tried to reach out and love and someone hurt us. We tried to express some feelings and someone dismissed us. So we built a story of not love to protect ourselves from being hurt when we try to love. But the truth is, we're grown-ups now. We're grown-ups. Sherry Huber, the Buddhist teacher, said so many of us don't get to experience functional adulthoods because we haven't survived our inner childhood. And for so many of us, it now takes the articulation of boundaries the understanding of who we really are that no one can take from us, the ability to have that courage to share from a deep place of heart and vulnerability and transparency, to build and cultivate a greater sense of love in our lives, to understand indeed that the heart is what it wants and that all is being called for is a greater expression of that heart of who you are. I recall those famous words from Emmett Fox, there is no difficulty that enough love will not conquer, no disease that love will not heal, no door that enough love will not open. It makes no difference how deep set the trouble, how hopeless the outlook, how muddled the tangle, how great the mistake. A sufficient realization of love will dissolve it all. If only you could love enough, you would be the happiest and most powerful being in the world. And for each of us, you know, we love the sentiment of that. But do you believe that? Is that the real God honest truth for you? And if it is, then you have your answer for how to heal, for how to forgive, for how to connect, for how to grow. It's to courageously cultivate that love in your heart through discipline, through training, through reminding yourself of the truth and demonstrating it intentionally every day. It's not about how to find love. It's about how to overcome the objections to love within yourself. I'd been a minister for about two minutes and there was a nice man who sat always near the back of the church. And we built up an acquaintance and one Sunday he came up in the line and he said to me um, that he had been diagnosed with uh, terminal cancer. And he just had a few weeks to live. And he was wondering if I would meet with him so that he could make a confession. And I wanted to share with him, I'm not that kind of minister. <laughs> I'm much better at playing like never have I ever or something like that. <laughs> but I could tell, I could tell it was important to him and I wanted to be there for him. So we set up a time and he sat down and he shared with me his uh, confession uh, that he had had um, two gay relationships in his life. He'd grown up and was still in many ways a practicing Catholic. He'd grown up a staunch Catholic and he believed that being gay was, was a sin. 
So he just wanted to say that and get it out there and hope that God forgave him. And then I, I had to inquire a little bit. Did you, did you cheat on your wife? Did you neglect your kids? Never been married. Never had children. I mean, were these relationships toxic? Was there something wrong with them? They were the happiest I'd been in my entire life. And looking back, I can see now how he perhaps saw in me someone who would accept him and see him and, and, um, and uplift him. But it was a very powerful experience to me of the point that love never really rejects us. It is only us that rejects ourselves. How wonderful it was that this man got to have the relationships that he had, but how sadly tragic was the sense that I was left with that he didn't get to live life as fully in love as he wanted to because that not love story was overtaking him. Love never rejects. We only reject ourselves. Billy Bragg, the great English musician, has a, a lyric. He says, do you know what love is? Love is when you put someone else's needs above your own. And do you know what lust is? That's when you put your own needs above someone else. That's the only sin that there is when it comes to love. When it becomes the lust that abuses or manipulates or controls or mistreats. But love in self should only bring forth the highest and best for us. And only you can know what love means to you. Think about it. Ponder it. Deepen in it. Love, love, and love loves you back. It can cultivate that intelligence in your life that can become the most creative power that there is. Recognize that your heart isn't a lock but a key. Step out of the not love story whenever you find yourself meandering and stuck and imprisoning yourself there. Step into your true love story knowing that the pages of our story turn when we allow ourselves to simply love in this moment. It builds a momentum, a creative power that can remind you and assure you that when love is the center of your life, that you become centered in it. And happiness and fulfillment and well-being and the things that matter most to us become at the forefront and no longer urge their way into the background. So moving into a closing prayer today, I invite any of our incredible prayer practitioners to stand and join me in this prayer. Let's think about love. Because within us is the greatest treasure that has ever been buried or unearthed. It is the treasure of everyone you've ever loved and everyone who's ever loved you. It is the treasure 
that connects you with the divine power that says no matter how much love you've experienced in your life, there's more where that came from. It is the treasure of contentment in this very moment to know that in the divine truth there is no past or future. There is only this infinite now, this indeed endless cord of love that when we look back through the eyes of love, we can see winding and guiding and connecting us in so many different places. What would it mean for each of us to step into a new level of trust in love today? To live with a greater degree of heart, which simply means to represent that when we live from heart, we provide ourselves all that we are looking for and all that we need. We begin to see our heart as something that isn't just within us, but that encompasses us, embraces us, and moves us forward. A life with heart is well lived. And I speak my word knowing the worthiness, the love worthiness, the life worthiness of each and every person connecting with this prayer today. And may we send it to loved ones so they know it as well. Getting back to love, getting back to heart. We build a foundation for the highest and best to grow and take hold in our lives. And so it is. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Mile High Church podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. To make a donation, please visit milehighchurch.org.